Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,399. You can learn what to do and what not to do. That stuck with me for my entire career. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Mark Green here. I'm a car care fanatic. You know that. And I've discovered Migliori Luxury Car Care Products. Migliori Strata Coating is a ceramic treatment that you can easily apply by yourself. It provides your special vehicle with a high-gloss finish and lasts for over a year. Migliori Strata Coating features an extreme hydrophobic finish, so water sheets right away, reducing water spotting, and it makes your car washing a breeze. With over 100 positive reviews on Amazon, this is a time-tested product that's made here in the USA. With fall and winter on the way, protect your vehicle's finish with Migliori. You'll find all their premium car care products at migliorywax.com. Plus, you'll get 10% off at checkout by using the code CARSYEAH. 10% off, what a deal. That's M-I-G-L-I-O-R-E wax.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and very excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ed Wellburn. Hey, Ed, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. I'm excited. You you should see the big grin on my face right now. Oh, you just warmed my heart, my friend. This is awesome. Ed Welburn is the former general manager, vice president of global design, and was responsible for all the design of GM vehicles worldwide from 2003 to 2016. The same position once held by the great Harley Earl and Bill Mitchell. He was only the sixth person to have led GM design in the company's history. He was involved in the design of multiple cars and trucks for General Motors. Ed was inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame, received the Eyes on Design Lifetime Achievement Award, and is the only car designer to have his archives placed in the Smithsonian Museum. A wing of the Detroit Institute of the Arts has been named in his honor, and he received an honorary doctorate of fine arts from the College for Creative Studies in Detroit. Ed is an active board member of Tony Bennett's Foundation. That's very cool. Exploring the arts and a judge at the Concours events, including Pebble Beach, Amelia Island, Hilton Head, Suzuka Japan, and Radnor Hunt. His new chapter in life right now is that he's the CEO of Wellborn Media and is the executive producer of an exciting new movie project. We're looking forward to hearing about that. 
So, Ed, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit of your incredible career. Would you take a brief moment to share a little more about yourself and a very obvious passion you have for automotive design? This passion that I have goes back from early childhood. You know how how uh, toddlers do stick figure drawings of people and horses? I was drawing cars. That's all I drew. I mean, uh, even at age two, two and a half, I was drawing cars. and. Uh, by age eight, my parents took me to the Philadelphia Auto Show, and when we walked in, I saw this concept car that I fell in love with, and I said, when I grew up, I want to be a designer for that company. I was just eight years old, and it was a Cadillac, Cadillac concept, and you know, it's nice. It, that's been my journey. Yeah, well, your journey's come a lot further since that little eight-year-old with the bright eyes looking at that Cadillac concept car. As we continue on your journey, though, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Ed, grab the wheel. First off, I find uh, inspiration from everything around me, from nature, from music, from food, from great designs. I mean, I'm the lucky guy to have walked in the footsteps of the greats like Harley Earl and Bill Mitchell and Irv Rubicki and Chuck Jordan and Wayne Cherry and, and those are my predecessors and and spent time with designers in Italy like Gigiaro and, and the group there at Bertoni. So, you know, I, I've just gotten inspiration from so many places. There was a GM executive who years ago said to me, and I was just a young designer at the time, he said, you know, you can learn a lot from these guys. And he was kind of pointing at other executives at GM. He said, you can learn what to do and what not to do. That stuck with me for my entire career. Yeah, no doubt. Very important to know what not to do. That's for <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> Especially in a very large organization yeah, like General yeah. Motors. Well, you touched on this a little bit. I-, I wanted you to share a story that instigated this passion you have for car design. and. If there was really a pivotal moment when you knew you were going to be an automotive designer, was it was it really at eight, or did it come a little bit later when you were a little more mature? And no, you realized, really. You know what? At, at age eight, I told my parents that I want to design cars for that company, and I was pointing at that concept car. I didn't know wow. what kind of car it was and found out it was a Cadillac. And by age 11, I wrote my first letter to GM Design. Uh, I wanted their counsel. I wanted to know what I needed to do to become a car designer. What schools do I need to attend? I'll never forget writing that letter. I was just 11. Wrote the letter, and, and they sent me great information. And all the way through school, I stayed in touch with them. I, it's like once a year, I'd write another letter to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is an incredible golden nugget you've just dropped here, especially for young people who are thinking of a career that is bigger than life. And, I, I, you know, you've got to think about an 8-year-old, 11-year-old saying, I want to design cars, be the head of design for GM. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement for a young person to make. But the thing I love about this that's a super incredible lesson here is staying in touch with people. The fact that you were writing letters to people and communicating with them at that level, the only level you had back then, is a tremendous lesson for people even today, don't you think? Exactly. You know, when I became, many years later, when I became head of design for GM, I would receive letters from kids, you know, because they had heard my story. I made sure they got a response. You know, I just, I, 
that was important to me. And, you know, you think about it, back when I was a kid, it was writing a letter with an ink pen on, you know, line paper, putting it in the uh, mail yeah. and sending it off. You know, it's, it's a totally different world. Yeah, it is. Although I'll tell you something, my mom taught me the value of writing thank you notes, and I still do that today. I taught both my kids, and I, we had a great little pre-show chat, Ed and I, and I talked to him about my son, Blake, and and how he was able to secure a job at a great company and and primarily did it through communicating through letters uh, from that first interview, writing a thank you note. And even that interviewer said, you know, you're one of the few kids that has ever written a thank you note for an interview. People just don't do it anymore. Yeah, they they don't. stood out. Yeah. 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 Great still value. valuable. Yeah. Still valuable today for sure. So I thank my mom for that. She, she used to make me write thank you notes before I could play with my Christmas toys. <laughs> I didn't like that at the time, but I, I thank you, Mom. Uh, she's still with us, and I, I appreciate that wow. more than you know. Special. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I would love for you to share a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. Most people look at a career like yours and they think, oh, it's just one success after the other. Everything was fairly easy. But in reality, maybe not. And the reason I want you to share a, a specific story is to help us learn what the learning lesson of that situation was, and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your business and your life. There really were a lot of successes along the way, and I was so fortunate to have the guidance from my parents You know, on this journey. All the way through high school, I was stayed in touch with GM, worked very hard. Senior year, applied to all the design schools that were on their list, and I started to receive rejection letter after rejection letter after rejection letter. It was, I mean, you know, it was depressing, you know, one after another. Finally, I decided, you know, it was kind of a last-minute deal. I was kind of at the edge there. Uh, I applied to Howard University School of Fine Arts. They did not have a major in car design. I applied to the School of Fine Arts and was accepted. And the instructors there helped to tailor a program for me using both sculpture department and the industrial design department to really help me develop my portfolio so I could do what I wanted to do. They knew the mission I was on and they did everything they could to help me. Wow. You know, again, you're, you're dropping golden nuggets all over the place for us today here. Now, did you pursue that concept with them, or was it a matter of you talking with them saying, here's what I my end goal is, how can you help me get there? Yeah, I told them what my end goal was, the mission that I was on, and, and they did everything they could to help me uh, wow. reach that goal. Yeah. Well, kudos to a university, Howard University, for doing yeah. that. Um, that's tremendous. Because and I a lot ended of schools... up getting a, a summer internship at GM at the end of my junior year. And they told me at the end of that summer from just go back, finish your senior year. We want to hire you. Wow. There's more way, more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. Yeah. So uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Very creative. Well, let's uh, have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. That first vehicle that you got for yourself that had uh, a great meaning for you in some way and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. I think about that a lot. I mean, I, I've had so many cars. Even in high school, I had a number of cars. Uh, my very first car was a Corvair Monza, uh, 61. Oh, cool. And to be honest, I prefer the second gen. 
and I still want to get one of them. I'm going to get one, you know, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. I loved the car, but I think the car that was, that I had the most memories of would have been the Buick Grand Sport that I had. It was a 65 Buick Grand Sport, you know, big horsepower. And yet in some ways understated because, you know, everybody's focused on the GTO or the Chevelle. But the Grand Sport had just as much power. It was, it was a fun car. Yeah, well, pretty cool car. Now, I happen to know, I'm not sure if you still have this car, but you bought a car from Reggie Jackson, right? Yes, I still have it, too. Do you? Yeah, tell yeah. our listeners oh, a little bit about this. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine so. But tell our listeners a little bit about this very special Corvette. It's a great Corvette. I call it the most expensive cappuccino I ever bought. I was... <laughs> I was I was in Monterey. I had a meeting with a guy at Starbucks. On my way out of there, I run into Reggie Jackson, who I've known for years. You know, we're standing there talking, and everyone's interrupting us to either talk about cars or to talk about baseball. So we went over to his garage, and his garage is the most masculine garage you ever want to see. All the big muscle cars and, you know, all his lot of trophies and stuff from baseball. And then there's this silver. 57 Corvette sitting there. You know, I love the 57 Corvette. And it just stood out because it, it's not a big muscle car. You know, it's not a big block motor or anything. But, and I said, man, Reggie, it looks, you know, and I'd never seen one in silver. And silver is a car we always use in a design studio. So it kind of looked like a design car. And he said, well, it's for sale. I bought Expensive it. cappuccino, indeed. Yeah. It wasn't until I, I got the car and started the research, I realized how rare it was. Then he built 60 Corvettes that year in silver. And it was also the first year for fuel injection and the first year for a four-speed. And my car is every bit of that. Ah, it's brilliant. Well, I've seen pictures of it. It's stunning. I love silver. I've had a lot of silver cars. My wife always says, why do you just keep buying silver cars? But I love the way the light bounces off. You can see all exactly. the lines of the car. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I and think that's, they're beautiful. that's why we in design generally use silver when we were when we're developing the design. And you put some color on it, and you can analyze the surface, I think, better in silver than any other color. Well, yeah, I would imagine so. And what's amazing to me is how colors can really dynamically change the character yeah. of a vehicle as well. Yeah. I know uh, the day we're recording this, yesterday, Porsche just uh, announced and, and brought their brand new all-electric uh, Taycan out, if I'm saying that right. Taycan, they have some weird names for their cars. Taycan, Taycan. Any rate, somebody will correct me on that. But uh, the one they brought out was white, which I kind of get why they do that. But white just kind of sucks everything up. I was kind of disappointed. I wanted to see it in something different so I could kind of explore the lines better, but uh, I'm sure I'll have plenty yeah, of opportunities. Yeah, generally white, you know, you, you lose a lot of the shape, but it's one of those signature colors for the Porsche brand. Yeah, and so yeah, I kind of understand why they they would do why that. Why they did that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have I, a seller's I, that's remorse? That's not the only silver car I have. I've got a, a new uh, Z06 Corvette. So the oh. two cars sit there, both of them silver with red interiors. Oh, wow. Nice. I yeah. like it. Yeah. What do you think about the new Corvette design, the mid-engine design? Oh, I love it. I, I, I'm yeah. very excited about it. I, you know, I was very involved in it. It was, I consider it to be the last car I worked on at GM. And I feel very good about it. And I, there are a lot of details that 
continued to be worked on after I left. And so I was as excited as anyone to be there at the reveal just to see how the final details came out on the cut. Yeah, I got to see a real one uh, during Pebble Beach Car Week a few weeks ago out at the racetrack at Laguna Seca, and I was really impressed by that car. I I liked what I was seeing before online, but seeing it in real life, sitting in the car, crawling all over the car, uh, they've hit this one out of the park again, I think. Uh, It's brilliant. And as Corvettes always have been, you get so much bang for the buck. Oh, it's it's the main thing. It kind of like it defies the laws of physics that a car can <laughs> can can have that kind of interior space, that kind of luggage space, that kind of performance at that price point. You know, that just and the interior is just phenomenal. Yeah, I couldn't be happy. A lot lot of people fired up. So well done, you and your team there. Well done. Bravo. Yeah. How about seller's remorse? I'm guessing there's maybe one car in your life you wish you hadn't let go. Maybe a lot of cars, but let's let's take money out of the equation because that muddies everything up. I, I want to tug on your heartstrings here, your creative poor. You know, I could, I, could, I could list a number of different cars, but I got to say I had a, a black Cadillac CTS V Coupe that I loved, and I don't know why I got rid of it. I, I I wish I had that car. I mean, what a phenomenal car. They're beautiful. I What Cadillac has done in the last oh, four or five years, I think is absolutely phenomenal. My mother-in-law bought a brand new Cadillac a few years ago, and we lost her last year, sadly. And uh, her car was sitting in her garage, and we were trying to figure out what to do with it. And I never thought of myself as a Cadillac guy because frankly it was kind of like dad's old car you know yeah. kind of that kind of thing and i like driving that thing it was nice yeah so, uh yeah yeah so I'd good looking that, car too that ctsv you know one of the first cars i bought well the first car i bought after i started work at gm was a a fire pontiac firebird formula 455 and Ooh. that was that was a cool car it was yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, it. it would have been the 73 Firebird. Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the early, yeah, exactly. Very nice. Well, I would love for you to talk about what has you excited and fired up. You know, a lot of people think of retirement is slowing down and maybe going to the golf course or the beach or whatever. Uh, not for Ed. Uh, <laughs> Ed is a busy guy. <laughs> Uh, I want you to share more about a couple of things. One is this Wellburn Media that you've involved in, this new business, and also uh, a little bit about Tony Bennett's foundation, Exploring the Arts. This is very yeah, interesting, yeah, too, in exactly. this film. So. I mean, you know, when I retired, because it's been three years now, the first two years, I, it was kind of like a celebration of 44 years. It was 44 years I was at GM. And celebration and receiving awards, and, you know, that type of thing which is very exciting. Then all of a sudden, okay, what's next? And yes, I'm on the board, Tony Bennett's board. Uh, Tony Bennett's just a terrific guy to work with. And his foundation supports a number of schools of the arts in uh, the New York area and and also uh, now out in uh, California as well. And so I spend time in those schools. These schools for the arts are unbelievable that it's foundation. Support. So that's that's one of the things. But the movie project, you know, I got to tell you, it's I'm so excited about. It. I'm more excited about this 
than I am about the mid-engine Corvette. I just... Oh, okay. That's this, saying a lot. This project, you know, and it's a totally different world for me, yeah. Although, in some ways, dealing with the creative people in the movie industry is much like dealing with the creative people in car design. The project is in the early phases where uh, the writers are working, the phenomenal writers are working on the the movie now and should be complete with the writing in the next, I think, three weeks. And, and then we start talking to directors and lead actors and, and keep marching on. Uh, it, Is it too early to kind of give us a little glimpse of what this film's about? Well, we have a big press release in mid-September. I kind of okay. caution. Uh, so stay tuned around the 15th of September. Well, we'll keep we'll keep this in mind, Ed. Uh, we're recording this um, the beginning of September, but your show doesn't come out live until October 11th. So by the time the show airs, where could people go when they're hearing it to learn more about this? Is there going to be a website? Well, there there will be press announcement. I think it's around the 15th or 16th. And, okay. uh, you know, first, as I'm learning, you know, the announcement is within the movie industry that, you know, what what's happening there. And then it becomes more open to the public the next day. And, uh, but, you know, the, you know, I, I discovered something very exciting about 10 or 12, uh, 12 years ago. I was at the Indy 500, Corvette was a pace car and Colin Powell was driving the pace car. And I was driving one of the other Corvettes because they had, you know, like a whole gaggle of them there at the start. And I was driving one of them and we did two, uh, warm up laps with the race cars behind us. And then we peel off and then the single pace car takes them for another lap. So anyway, that was huge for me because I'm a huge fan of, of the Indy 500, have been since childhood. So after the race is over, I go back to the hotel, freshen up to go to the after parties go into the hotel room, flip on the TV. It's on PBS, and they're starting to show this special called For uh, Golden Glory. And it was about how in the 1920s, you know, the jazz age and all of that, at Indianapolis, blacks were not allowed to be drivers or mechanics. They weren't allowed to do that. And so there were some uh, businessmen in Indianapolis, both black and white, who started a racing association for these drivers and they had their own series of races, which would have anywhere from 15 to 20,000 fans at every race. No one knows this story. I didn't know. Here I am a big fan of Indy 500 and I knew nothing about it. And so I'm sitting there and watch a documentary and I'm late for the after parties because I'm so, (laughs) and of course, you know, PBS, I ordered the DVD and the book. And I've read the read the book multiple times and watched the DVD. I who knows how many times I've watched it. But about a less than a year ago, I was talking to a producer in in Hollywood, and I said, "Someone needs to do a movie about this. This is unbelievable story. There's so many layers to the story that are so fascinating. Someone needs to do a movie." And she said, "Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, because we watched the." the uh, documentary again together and she said you're right and you should be the executive producer and <laughs> and I'll be a producer and we'll bring a, a team together and next thing I knew 
we had a team of writers and producers and and a lot of excitement around this project. Wow, that's very cool. So, what was the name of the documentary again? Uh, for Gold and Glory. For Gold and Glory, huh? Yeah. Well, that's about, very exciting. About, about 45 minutes long. It's fascinating story. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll make sure I find that, put a link to that on Ed's show notes page. Ed, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com. Or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. All right, Ed, we are back and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. I'm going to get into your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow, manifested as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Ed be and why? You know, I'm, I'm sure everybody would, would probably say, oh, yeah, he's going to say a Cadillac or a Corvette. You know, you know actually, I think it'd be Aston Martin. Really? Okay. And why I is think that? it's Aston Martin. And if not that, you know, maybe. No, I think Aston Martin because it is very sporty. And yet it is elegant and somewhat timeless. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I think that works. All right. We are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Aston Martin throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, automotive advice. I don't know. I I, I think it is, you know, you got to stay focused on what you do and not try to do the job of the engineers and all that. I, I, probably the best advice is building a great relationship with engineering. 
many designers and engineers don't get along. You know, one of the one of the things that strikes me, Ed, is, and this is an interesting way you answered this question, because I've had like Ralph Gilles and other designers on the show that talk about relationship building and the importance. For the role that you were in for as long as you were, you have to be a good relationship builder, no doubt, and an excellent manager, of course. But you're also very calm, even keeled guy. Is that, is that retirement, Ed, or is this the way you always have been? Yeah, that's just the way I am, you know. I, I, anyone who's on the line who worked with me or for me knows that. I, you know, I, I enjoy what I do, and I just want everyone else to have as much fun as I do. Building that great relationship with engineering is so important. Building a great relationship with marketing. And, and you know, when you're working in, I was working in so many different countries. We had design studios in seven countries. You had to build relationships with different cultures, and uh, oh, yeah. that's important. Yeah, amazing, amazing thing. What a wonderful life. How about a personal habit? Is there one that you feel you have that has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, treating everyone uh, the way I want to be treated. I think mm-hmm. that's probably it. I, the golden rule, yeah. as we were all taught, or most of us were taught as little kids. Uh, Remember in Bible study class, just treat people the way you like to be treated. Pretty yeah, simple. Exactly. <laughs> you you wish everybody would do that. How about a resource? There are so many these days. I mean, can you imagine when you started your career, if you had everything at your fingertip like we have now, is there a resource that you're really fond of that's kind of a go-to for you these days? You know, I, I'm, I'm still pretty simple with all that. I, I'm Googling things. I'm looking things up on the internet all the time. And I, I'm amazed that the information not just on things that are current or things that are pointing to the future, but on historic things. It's just fascinating, you know, what what I'm able to find. But there's no substitute for actually being out there, spending time with people, talking with people, you know, to be in isolation in your in your own little environment on the internet is one thing, but being out talking with people is so important. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I have people talk to me sometimes when my mom says, because I pretty much do this podcast and even in a part, my TV show that I launched this year by myself, I do have a team that helps me with filming that. But the podcast I do myself and she said, don't you get kind of lonely all day sitting there by yourself? And I said, mom, I get to talk to some of the coolest people all over the planet all yeah, day long. Yeah. I never feel alone. I know I don't get to be with them, but many I do get to meet uh, eventually at different events. But uh yeah, talking with people, it's it's incredible what you can learn if you just ask a great question and listen. Exactly. Well, here's another one. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, I know you've met with an incredible number of people, but is there one that maybe you haven't met with that you'd like to sit down and talk to? You know, I have spent time with a lot of very significant people, but I'd have to say, you know, there was a person, and I was a young designer working for Bill Mitchell. And of course, as a young designer, you couldn't sit down and have a drink with him. I'd love to sit and have a drink with Bill Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, just, just a phenomenal designer. Harley Earl gets an awful lot of credit and should, but I think Harley, uh, Bill Mitchell should receive even more credit than he does. That yeah, would be cool. Can you imagine? Hey, remember me when I was a little kid? <laughs> <laughs> I have a great photograph. Of me as a summer intern shaking hands with Bill Mitchell. 
Wow. It's it's a hoot. (laughs) There's there's a trophy for sure. I'd like to see that. Now, you mentioned a book earlier. Is there one book in particular you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, the the book that's leading to this movie, you know, for gold and glory, uh, Todd Gould wrote the book, which led to a documentary. It's a fascinating read. It just is incredible. Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure I put that book, a link to it, on Ed's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. You'll find that at CarsYow.com. Just type in Ed or Ed Wellburn, and that page will pop right up. All right, Ed, we're almost there. We're almost to the checkered flag, but I've got a question for you that I like to call a little bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a collector car, any collector car on the planet. But there are some rules that might make your answer even more important. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So if you pick a Ferrari GTO, you're going to be stuck with it. Wouldn't be a bad thing, but you're going to be stuck with it. That 60, 70, $80 million car. Uh, you have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here. I want you to take this out on the road or the track and have fun with it. But here's the kicker. It's the only collector car you can have. That means that Reggie Jackson Corvette's got to go. It means the other cars have to go. You can only have one car in your garage. So choose wisely. Boy, that's tough. You know, it, it might be an indie car. It might be, you know, an indie roadster because I just think this really cool. The roadsters. I gotta say, my my C seven Z O six. It can't be one that I already have, right? Is that? Oh, it can. Yeah, that way I, I mean, don't have to buy think, anything. Think, I like think, that think idea. About <laughs> think about that. That was a very special project to me. Done yeah. during a very dark period in GM during bankruptcy. You know, it's a special project to me. You know, before I retired, I shipped it to Rome. We did a photo shoot at a Coliseum. I drove it to Tuscany. Monza drove laps of Monza in it, went to Le Mans, Goodwood. It's been the Colin Powell's house. It's been the Mario Andretti's house. That's kind of special wow. car to me. I'm never yeah, getting rid of I would think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I kind of like this because I don't have to buy you a car. But more importantly than that, the <laughs> fact that you have your dream car, very few people on this show have said that. And I've had some interesting answers to that question. Some have been very what you'd call mundane cars, but they were maybe their grandpa's car or their dad's car or their mom's car. But yeah, I think you got to keep that uh, C7 Z07 Corvette. And I tell you, the job that you guys did on that car to me, and then to jump to the current car, big leaps, huge leaps, I think, from a design standpoint and a car guy. Kudos to you guys. What color is your Corvette? (laughs) <laughs> of course. Why did I even ask the question? <laughs> of course it is. Geez, Mark. Duh. <laughs> and, and I wonder what color mid-engine Corvette uh, I'll end up You're going to have. I'm pretty sure that'll be silver as well. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Ed, you have taken me on a great ride today. This has been such a joy to me uh, to have you on the show. Admired what you've done in so many respects over time. I want to thank you for sharing your incredible life's journey. And it's just getting better. Uh, could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Corvette? I've got to say, I've really enjoyed this. I mean, you could almost see my grin from here. Oh, I mean, good. It's just, uh, Thank it's, you. This has been so exciting. I, I would like to say, you know, your audience is, is made up of a lot of people who are passionate about car collecting. and They put incredible effort into maintaining their vehicles. And I would just ask, that they spend the same amount of energy 
focused on their own personal health and get regular checkups. And if a doctor finds a problem, don't put it off. Don't ignore it. Don't wish it away and don't drink it away. Get it handled. You know, great words of wisdom. Uh, and I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I've, we just lost. Uh, my seventh guest I've had in five years that I've lost over the last five years, Jesse Combs, uh, in a tragic uh, speed record-setting accident that she yeah. had. And I've lost others, three this year alone. And and also just friends of mine that at this point in our lives, you know, you get ill and health is valuable and it's just tough. So Ed has some very wise words. Uh, take care of yourself. Cars can come and go. But take care of yourself and take care of the people around you, uh, most obviously. What's the best way for people to keep in touch with you and learn more about Wellburn Media and this upcoming film? Do you have a website? Right now, I'm so low-key. You know, I'm so hunkered down on on this movie project. And I'm doing some other design work as well. I mean, it's just that that's pretty much the way it is right now. And then it's almost like I will resurface in a few weeks in many different ways and and uh, well, move on from there. Well, do me this favor, Ed. When you do get to that point where we're ready, and by the time this show comes out, I'm sure that, that the movie uh, previews will be out and all that, uh, you let me know where I can put on your show notes page how people can find out about that, and I will do that for you. Love to promote you in that film as it comes out. And Congratulations on everything that not only you've done, but what you're continuing to do. You know, retirement is not about sitting around. You got to do stuff. You got to have a reason to get up in the morning. And Ed is a great example. Hey, Ed, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and amazing experience you've shared. I could talk to you for hours. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!